Welcome in on this uh, Friday, March the 4th, uh, right from the copper top of the Fisher Building. I always love to say that. I always love to say that. This is four-time Stanley Cup champion Darren McCarty here for the Darren McCarty Show, joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Shawnee Belegian. Shawnee, how was your week, bro? Uh, tremendous, Mac. You know what? Two crazy Red Wing games. I mean... Last Saturday was a throwback to the Smythe division when we were kids. I say that to youngsters like Brandon Blake and Eric Dorch, and they're going, what are you talking about? We, Edmonton, we, yeah. we Van- grew up Vancouver with that race, right? Vancouver, Vancouver. Now, let me, let's break it down. The Smythe division is the old Pacific uh, division, which had the Oilers, the run-and-gun Oilers, you know, where, where they were averaging seven goals a game and stuff like this. This was end-to-end shoot on what Sean's talking about is uh, last Saturday night in the confines of LCA uh, uh, football game went on. And you're like, wait, DMAC, there's no arena football in this league. And I was like, Saturday night there was 10-7 Maple Leafs game. But here's the thing, Sean, and, and since uh, we talked in a week, they had a big boy schedule. They had a big boy schedule. They played, you know, to bounce back after that, but then they played uh, Carolina, right? And they played Carolina, and Carolina is as good, still as advertised. The Wings beat them and stuff like this. But to me, that shows the growth to be able to bounce back. Now, they got a big test tonight uh, down in Tampa, and in fact, this weekend where they play Tampa and the Florida Panthers back-to-back, but what the two disparaging differences in the game is a thing that I will continue to preach on, and unfortunately, it's it's part of the growing pains, and it's commitment to defense. Yep. Because that's what they did, Even and, and the resilience in the Carolina game, because the Carolina game is going to go how all Carolina games go, right? One goal games, down to overtime, 3-2 game, you got to be able to keep that game close. Now, Carolina, the difference between Carolina in the past, Carolina now, you get behind the eight ball and they'll blow you out. Right? You know what I'm saying? Remember it yep. used to be they couldn't get by three goals. Well, yep. now they got talent. Uh, to They can pop five or six if you're not paying attention. So, what I really noticed about the Carolina game was the transition game. Right? The goals on the rush and even creating plays. And even if you go down to Dylan Larkin's backhand uh, goal, which was unassisted, but that's pure pressure, right? Pure pressure and getting out of the zone. And to me, even more, Sean, when I watch this team, it goes back to the basics of if they can get out of their zone in one or two passes or quickly, they're effective. When they get hemmed in, that's when they get in trouble. You know, it was, uh, honestly, Mac, it it was uh, your final score from the Fabulous Forum you know, the L.A. Kings 10 and the Calgary Flames 7 on Saturday. I really like the game against the Flames, or excuse me, the Canes, for some of the reasons that you mentioned. And and you know what? In particular, I thought I, I liked the PK. You know, there, there were things, there are just a plethora of signs, if, if, if you just pay attention, that this team is heading in the right direction. I think most people realize that, Mac. The problem is, they want to take off on a sprint before they, you know, can can go off on a little jog. I mean, be patient. This, I mean, this is heading in the right direction. My goodness gracious, uh, we don't know any other way how to say it. No, it isn't. And and here's your point, Sean, because that's where it starts, right? The commitment to the PK and being able to the little things like that, because that's in for 
uh, lack of a better word, that's the essence of defense. Yeah. Is when you're shorthanded. If you can commit to that and you can lock it down, then if you're shorthanded, why can't you lock it down even strength? Right? Doesn't it just make the math? So, so Scotty Bowman hockey, and it was always, in, and you didn't really understand until you understood the mentality, but you always want to be top five. If, if you're top five in power play, it makes it easier on the rest of your team's game. If you're top five in PK, that means you have a commitment to the bottom end. And you look at the championship teams that we had, we were always there, but it was always something that we strive for. And almost more took pride in the defense. And that's not, not just me. That's coming from the top guys, from the Knicks, from the Stevies, from the Sergeys. Their commitment to the PK is, is you know, the small point. It never gets – it does get some love during playoffs and guys blocking shots and at the moment, you know, sacrificing. But in the overall scheme of things, I think that it's the most underrated uh, – aspect of a championship team yeah and and you know what it's look it's been a struggle this year let's make no mistake about that this this is you know again this is part of the process but you know there are encouraging signs all the way and i'm with you i i think this weekend going down to tampa and then flying right down uh to south florida after that this is this is a big week and 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 i'm gonna be intrigued to see how they fare over the course of the week with with games of this magnitude well, well, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a big test. I think the beauty of having the young team, where you're just unfortunately, if I was playing, you'd be mad because <laughs> you're just in and out, right? It's all yeah. business, especially at this time of the year where you do look forward to, uh, look forward to the trips down south. Somebody said to me today, yeah, you know, I, I always thought we we're talking about Arizona. And about them moving into the college 5,000, what is it, 5,000 seat arena or whatever. Like, what a joke. And somebody said to me, said, well, I think that hockey's, you know, a North sport anyways. And I said, excuse me, from a player, we absolutely not. We need all the South teams so we can get out of here in the wintertime. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, who's the guys you're not thinking about the players? You know, the, the 0.1% of the population. You know, they're important. So, <laughs> so, uh, the, the boys will be fun enough to get to get the sun anyways. Um, obviously we are joined. Um, I got to make this announcement because we got Brandon Blake back. He's uh, in studio and we got Dorchy, Dorchy, uh, joining us. Dorch, how was your week? Was uh, good. anything, anything, uh, one of the things did you see last weekend, right? Last weekend. Miguel Angel Jimenez, two hole in ones in the same tournament. Torch. That man is just quiet good. He really is just quiet good. It just you watch him swing. He's got a very effortless swing, and you see him playing. It's kind of like how is he hanging with all these guys? And somehow he always finds a way to do it. He's a he's a heck of a player. I did see that. It was pretty cool to see. Uh, I, I liked the tweet he put out afterwards that he's now officially won sixty six percent of the champion tour tournaments this week or this year which was kind of funny so i i yeah I but he's cool to see he's supposed to in a shout out to uh local kid uh james pyatt who uh u.s amateur champ stuff like this Absolutely. is playing in bay hill this weekend so that's a uh a huge a huge thing going on but uh you know one of the things obviously to get excited about and, and i'm excited sean's excited but uh the combines here and whether you're excited for it, one of the best quotes that, you know, the combine makes you, it gives you the confidence about 
a player, but it uh, rarely can change your mind. But you got some guys running with some speed, and you got some guys throwing some bombs. So when we come back here on the Darren McCarty Show, we are going to get in to the combine, a little bit of the draft talk, uh, any guys, uh, what we like. I know it's still uh, six weeks away or so, but this is our Super Bowl, folks, so let's uh, let's get at it. So here we go. Uh, thanks for joining us here. On this Friday night, we're getting her going. You know why? AEW's coming back to LCA. I'll touch on that later. But this is Gary McCarty, show you up 760 WJR. From the Golden Tower of the Fisher Building, this is the Darren McCarty Show with Sean Belegian and Red Wings legend Darren McCarty on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Dorch. Dorch. Wow. I... Freaking love it, Shawnee. You know what? You you created Dorch. I elongated it, and then this it's man great. here who joins us on the Fridays, Mr. Positive, Greg from Shelby, he just absolutely put the Warriors. Warriors. How you doing tonight, Greg? Warriors. You're the master of destiny, the center of light. Your future is waiting, so fight the good fight. D-Mac, I'm feeling fantastic. Johnny Mac and Eric Dorch. Dorch. (laughs) Feeling fantastic, everybody. Um, Real quick, you're going to talk about the combines. You want the will to win, Tom Brady. You want the football IQ, Peyton Manning. And you want the athleticism of one Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. There you go, with big hands, big feet, and the ability to jump 50 inches in the air and be six feet four inches tall. Well, you know what, Craig? <laughs> there you go. You got it all figured out, and I'm the glad Superman. That you're doing good. Hey, the yes, fact that, that's all that matters is that you come in here and you say how you're doing. That made my Thank night. You. doesn't even matter if that person isn't even alive or even available, so we got to trust in Brad Holmes like we trust in Steve Eisenman. In right. fact, it's already hashtag, hey, Holmes, you know, that's my homie. You know, Holmes is my homie or whatever it is, what they say. <laughs> Tuck, Tuck Cummins and Sparty, they got all the sayings all around. But, again, do you trust in Brad Holmes and what, what they're building yes. here? That's the question. So, whether they get the guy with the big hands, the big feet, the Peyton Manning brain and the Tom Brady will, um, they probably won't get it in one person, but hopefully maybe they'll get some pieces that will add to this. Second overall, go. Greg, who are you going with right now? Um, I'm not too uh, educated on it, DMAC, so I don't really want to give an opinion on that. But I've been hearing it bandied about, so uh, I'm going to defer to you guys, and uh, right. you guys will give us the best. You got it, man. Thanks for the call. Love you. Have a great Love. weekend. You Love too. you too, buddy. Love you too. That's Greg from Shelby. Dude, he made my night. There I, it is. That I really hope is- that player exists. That guy sounds great. I want don't that you- player. Dorch, it's like putting it together like a transformer. Mm-hmm. You find a way. But one of the guys, so so last weekend, if you joined us, we had, uh, he made time for us, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend of the show, yeah. so to speak, Scott Bischoff, who's our NFL expert. But you know what? Um, the one thing I love when talking to Scott, and I was able to talk to him throughout the week, is is what you're looking for from different guys in different positions. Because I think a lot of times, Sean, people look at the combine and say, well, who's the fastest guy? And this guy's not fast, and oh, he's not a good player and stuff like that. But it all depends on certain things. And what Scott made apparent to me is different positions. Because I didn't understand. Here's one thing. What does broad jump mean? 
So you have broad jump, but Scott explained it. It's leg explosion. Mm -hmm. So it's the explosiveness of, of your power and different things like that. Quick twitch, all this different things, which what you want, you know, if you're inside guys and your, your edge guys have a lot of that power, then it sort of translates. So I think it's looking for what you want. And there's one guy that we know from the big 10 that sort of caught my eye, but it's a guy that I, I and I'm more interested, not up front. And not what they do, but what they do in the middle drafts. And a guy like David Bell out of Purdue, and I know he ran a four five four or four five two or whatever like this, but to me that kid's a ball player. And that kid reminds me and, and I look at like a guy like Cooper Cup, a guy who who flat out can just ball hog and stuff like this, who we just saw scored the winning touchdown for the Rams. It's it you know, there's something to it. So when Scott um told me said, I don't care what this kid runs. It's irrelevant, right? That that means something to me. Have you, is there certain things that you look for or pick out or maybe any of these players that have come through the combine? And we will talk Malik Willis, obviously, but. Well, let, let's talk about Joe Burrow. Let's go back to a couple of years ago. Remember what everybody's saying about Joe Burrow, his tiny hands. And he even made, you know, that, that tweet that has been making the rounds this week. He said, I'm about to announce my retirement from the NFL before I even start uh, due to my tiny hands. Please keep me in your thoughts. Well, how did that work out? I love David Bell. You know who else I like? I like the kid from Purdue, Jahan Dotson. That's a, That's another kid. I don't care what the measurables are. I watch those guys make plays for years against everybody. And and that I'm I'm sorry that means something. A guy that we talked about last week, if you remember, uh, the linebacker from Georgia, Nicobe Dean, and Scott called me during the week. We we had a conversation during the week, and he goes, "Hey, I was thinking about Nicobe Dean, and he's one of those guys that I think people are going to pay attention to the measurables too much, and that's going to end up causing him to fall." And it's like, did you watch football? I mean, I, in the SEC. For the national champion, the guy was all over the field. And and I know some people are going to say, well, it's because of that front four in front of him. Just watch. It's it's. I, I, listen, it's important. It's part of the process. But at the end of the day, this is still the underwear Olympics. It just is. I mean, guys are going to make plays. You know, that's just the way it is. Mac, the same thing could be said in hockey. I mean, you know. I watched a guy play. Andrew Brunette was a guy. Remember Andrew oh, Brunette? Dude, I like, played. So so there you go, Sean. You, this And for everybody out there who's either joining us for the first time um, or wondering why, how Sean and I have a great relationship, I'm just going to say that he's old enough and a hockey fan that he saw how great I was in junior. And this was the time when I met Andrew Brunette when he was in Owen Sound with Maltz. And he was unbelievable. Might be, might be slower than Luke Robitaille. But that didn't matter, right? Damn. Scored nearly 300 goals in his career. I mean, come on. Are you, are you kidding me? And, and Mac, back then, that's all everybody was talking about is this is a guy that's never going to make the league. He's too slow. He can barely skate. 6'1", 212 pounds. I mean, the, the, the guy played until he was almost 40, for goodness sake. You know? I mean, come on. And, you know, again, a star? Nah, nobody's going to call him a star, but the type of guy that you would love to, you know, have on your team and, and you know, in his heyday, he was going to get you 25 to 30 goals. Heck yes. Second power play guy. Like, and so, so you break it down because these are the guys that you need to win. 
Yep. Right. And and when I ask Greg the question about do you trust in Brad Holmes, it's it's really similar to the same thing as do you trust in Steve Eisenman? Right. Make the good decision. What you're talking about here is the, you know, and and whether no matter what's taken at the two overall pick, if something's offered for a trade, whatever it is, it's trusting that the guy making the decisions, right, is we're going in the right direction. Now, isn't it we were talking about this last year that he's been able to do is to pick guys later in the draft that play. What did last year's Detroit Lions, who, by the way, ranked six out of the whole 32 teams in the league as their draft class, had guys that played in the NFL, let alone unrestricted, undrafted free agents like a Jerry Judy who comes out at the end of the season as the highest ranked undrafted free agent. So what I'm saying is you have somebody there that seems to see that they can see talent. Right, so the trust in that is the eyeball test and how much work they do. Because Steve Eisenman's the same way, right? You look at the way that he was sort of bagged a little bit on on Mo Sider because nobody heard about him. But I guarantee Steve Eisenman saw Mo Sider play enough times and saw what he needed to see. Hence, oh, you know who Mo Sider is, number fifty three. Yeah, the kid that should win the. Calder Trophy, whether he does or not, is going to be a stalwart in the back end and could already be a top 10 defenseman in the NHL in his first year. That guy, remember him? So, to me, what what you're talking about is in the years past, we're having this conversation. I don't trust the guys. I don't trust that the organization has the skill enough to have seen a guy like we're talking about. Hey, do you see the talent on the field? Do you see the talent in this guy? This I don't care what you see. The eyeball test. They don't care about it because the stats aren't there. But I think this regime and Brad Holmes, him specifically because he's leading it, has everything in mind. And why do I know that? Because I asked Scott Bischoff, first question I asked him, how does the rest of the league GMs view Detroit? And he said, flat out, at the beginning, they might have thought with the way Dan Campbell and the coaching, that might have been a little rocky. But the respect for Brad Holmes, and again, this is – through the season to the end, and you look at what Dan Campbell does, the NFL respects the Detroit Lions management. Wow. First time in how long, Sean? Yeah, no doubt. First time in how long. That's why this can and will work, in my opinion. Mac, we talked to Mike O'Hara about this a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to reiterate it. I know everybody's excited about two. What are people going to do at two? You know what I'm excited about? 32 and 34. Those those are picks that they have to hit on. And right now, suddenly, I think we've got the brain trust in place where they can make both 32 and 34 count. You get three of the top 34 picks, and you get three guys that are in that general area. The fortunes of your franchise can turn quick, fast, and in a hurry. And here's the one thing, too, is we're digging into it because I, I – during the week, I'm beside the draft capital guru and Neil Neil Rule is the fact that the NFL now, because they've made the change, and again, the Detroit Lions were ones that suffered from it when they had Matt Stafford and Dominican Sue and Calvin Johnson on the roster. Well, if that sort of happened because you have the first rounders and the draft choices and stuff like this today's day and age, you end up being the Cincinnati Bengals. The big thing to me, and I'd like to get your opinion on 
quarterbacks and about drafting it because it seems to be two camps. Either we're going to take one with one of those with that second pick or whatever. We need a quarterback or we're going to wait. But the bottom line, at the end of the day, it's about who do you, who, who do you trust and having it. Maybe it's something that, that there's a too good to be true offer in there for somebody else because the caveat of the 32nd pick is that extra year, which, which really screams why it's quarterback. I'll leave you with this before we go to break. Would you like Lamar Jackson on your roster next year for 2 million? That's what he's getting paid. Yes. One of those late, late draft picks. Anyways, uh, we'll get back to it. And I'm going to talk about this gunslinger Malik Willis and this little hands guy, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, they could be Detroit Lions. We'll get to them. We come back here, Darren McCarty Show, AM 760 WJR. This is the Darren McCarty Show on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Now here's Sean Belegian and Detroit Red Wings legend, Darren McCarty. Sean, you know what I just realized? What's that? <laughs> We're just playing our own version of Wordle. It's just called Doors. <laughs> I don't know if two grown men, I'll be, I'm not 50 yet, but I know we totaled the Century Club, uh, or, or almost the Century Club. It's the fact that we're sitting here during the break and people have a camera on us and all we do is, is try to make fun and spell properly Eric Dorch. How do you properly spell Dorch? That's Nobody what I need knows, to know. Bro. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> it's, it's literally, it's, well, in the chat, it's spelled about a thousand different ways, but it's on the screen spelled but correctly. What's more saying. scary is it's all by Sean. It's like that scene in The Shining where he just writes it over and over and over again. It's just every single way. <laughs> I, Johnny. I had to ask him in the break, like, does he just walk around his house all day saying, Dork, 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 Dork. Dork, we got to make sure that the dogs, they know exactly the name. If you ever come in that neighborhood, sniffing around the barbecue, you're going to be attacked, kid. I think that I think the dogs think the word Dorch means no or bad, so that's why I can't come over because they'll hear him say it so many times, and the dogs will think they did something wrong. What do I preach? Self awareness, Eric. That's great self awareness. There's some, some hope for you, anyways. But uh, yeah, just having some fun here uh, with everybody on a Friday night. And like said, like Sean said, if we weren't part of the Eric Dorch. <laughs> fan club we would not even try to spell your name properly i mean no i listen i can get the wordle word i can't get the door spelling right <laughs> anybody help me i got a bunch of green letters though i think i got the right the right letters just in the wrong order um anyways before going to break sean um we we're talking combine and stuff like this and and we're pretty confident um in the regime that they're going to make the right selections and stuff like this and I agree with you that the, the draft really for the Lions is 32-34. And I guess right now the, the two camps are taking a quarterback. Is there, First, I guess my question is, is there a quarterback that you would take obviously there? And do you think there'll be a quarterback available that you want to take there? Well, you know, it, it, I've heard a lot of people say Malik Willis. And I, I don't think there's a snowball's chance in Hades he'll be there. I don't. I, I mean, really, I don't. And... If you listen to some of the draft stuff that we did last year, that was a guy, you know, one of the things, if you remember, that everybody was saying is, well, next year's quarterback class is weak. Listen, this isn't the strongest quarterback class, but the one thing people never account for year after year after year is, A, there's going to be a couple guys that that skyrocket up, and, and we 
correctly said Malik Willis out of Liberty would be one of them. Uh, Matt Corral out of Ole Miss is another one. He might be the top quarterback taken, quite frankly. And I, I don't think and, a lot of people had him going that high. So um, with that being said, Mac, I'm going to say the same thing. I don't know how they've graded out the quarterbacks. I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend, but if, if we're going to say out of one side of our mouth that we trust Brad Holmes and then Brad Holmes decides to make Kenny Pickett uh, the 34th overall, or, or even I'll go even fur, further than that. How about the kid from Nevada, Carson Strong? And, and he, he walks up to the podium on day two, exactly under the scenario that you correctly brought up earlier. You know, that, 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 uh, that extra year, whatever the case may be. And the, the Carson Strong out of Nevada. Then I sit back and I go, okay, they love this guy. They think that this guy is going to be the quarterback for the next 12 years. He's going to be another Matthew Stafford, so to speak, in terms of longevity. Okay, I'm good with it. I don't know what those things are, though. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it does. And, Dorch, before you get to the grades, uh, because, you know, super producer, Dorch, <laughs> yeah, my question to you, Sean, because this was brought up and, and I can't dismiss it. Is there any validity to the fact that, that the big, the quarterbacks coming out aren't out of Alabama's and out, aren't out of the Ohio State or out, ain't out of the big programs, you know, so maybe the spotlight hasn't been on them as much, right? The national spotlight where there is talent still there. It just sort of has been drummed down. You mentioned Malik Willis who just, you know, put on a, yeah, uh, Mina, Mina Kimes from ESPN said that is his ceiling is outer space. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as what she saw, that was an interesting point. I don't know if it's, it would be true or wouldn't be true, but it, it was interesting enough because, yeah, they played at places that don't get the spotlight enough. But again, it comes back to me, the eyeball test and doing the due diligence. And even more so, at this combine, there's the, the two things that are more important than any drill that's run are the interviews and the physicals. Yep. Like the, or the, the physicals, the health, so you know exactly what's going on with this, with each guys. But have you ever thought about that? That there, could there be something to it? Oh, I think, I think there's legitimacy to it. I mean, and look, let's go back to a year ago. You know, the two quarterbacks that everybody was talking about, okay, were Sam Howell, and Sam Howell will go in the first round. Okay, but without a doubt, the first quarterback taken in this year's NFL draft a year ago at this time, everybody and their brother said Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. Now, there's two issues with that. Number one, he didn't even finish as the quarterback at Oklahoma. Number two, he's not even at Oklahoma anymore. He's in South Carolina. So that's how it, it works. You know, he was that guy, Mac, along those lines, Oklahoma, big name program. And look, look what we're looking at. We're, you know, in no particular order, a kid from Mississippi, a kid from North Carolina, a kid from Liberty, a kid from Pitt, a kid from Nevada, and a kid from Cincinnati. And oh, by the way, not too far behind them is a kid from Western Michigan. So there might be more validity there than I think some people want to give credit to. So that, to me, that just solidifies the fact of who's making your choice because you're not going on hearsay and you're not going to miss something. So, you know, what, what Eric, you said you had some grades on. Uh... 
Yeah, just I mean for the quarterbacks graded out uh, at this point, Matt Coral did get the top grade at six point four. All these guys graded very close to each other. Uh, six point four. Kenny Pickett a uh, six point three nine right behind him. Malik Willis at six point three four. I mean. I wouldn't be surprised if any of these guys go first, uh, like are the first quarterback taken. I still think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. Uh, I just I think that the pedigree and all that, and Malik Willis is a phenomenal quarterback. But like we said, it's that almost that thing of because he didn't play at you know one of these big schools, is everybody going to have a little bit of a question mark on him? No, uh, that's one of the things too. And the Matt Corral, <clears throat> he got injured in the bowl game, did he yeah, not? He did. That's that's when he's not doing the combine and stuff like this. But again, his works, his works on paper. And as long as it's not uh, a real serious injury that he's not going to come back from, it shouldn't hurt his draft status. But we don't know, right? And but what do we do know, Sean? Is that there's going to be a run of something. There always is. Is you know right? So we can talk about this that quarterbacks, uh, you know, late the first round, second. Once they start going, you know, you might not even get a shot at thirty-two for the top five, six guys. That's just the way of the business, and a lot has to do if you look into getting that quarterback, like the Cincinnati Bengals did with Joe Burrow, having him under contract moving forward. Right. My big thing is always which direction we're at the fork in the road. You're Brad, you're going to show me which way you're going to go. You draft a quarterback that in the first one of these first three picks, or you maneuver around to get them, then we're, we're doing the Cincinnati thing. If you wait and you build a team or whatever, it looks like we're going to wait and see and play uh, the free agency and, and bring our quarterback in, which, by the way, in a couple of years, you know who is a free agent. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be the story? I'm all about storylines. I'm a wrestler. I'm going to talk a little wrestling because we got a lot of things going on AEW Revolution, and it's my show. So stick around. Darren McCarty show here on a Friday night. We will be right back. Oh, yeah. What's in the microwave? What's on the barbecue? Full show. See you in a few. Dorch. <laughs> From the Golden Tower of the Fisher Building, this is the Darren McCarty Show with Sean Belegian. And Red Wings legend Darren McCarty on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Couple of big things, uh, not down, you know, down the pipe and stuff like this, but AW's Revolution. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, is this weekend big cards, stuff like this. But uh, big news: AW just purchased uh, Ring of Honor, ROH, and their whole catalog. Uh, rumored between thirty and forty million. A lot of different things shows the streaming world, but for wrestling fans, this is such a huge thing. And uh, they're finally bringing uh, the product to LCA uh, June 29th. So uh, that'll be exciting for all us wrestling fans. But uh, last night at LCA, Sean, I went to see Tool, the band Tool. Now, I don't a lot of the audience knows it or not, but I would say Tool... Um, is one of the bands over, especially my professional playing career that I really got into and always wonder, uh, they were on my bucket list to, to see and to be able to see them last night and to tell you that what I, it reminded me of if I was old enough to go see Pink Floyd perform the wall or Led Zeppelin back in the day in their heyday, it was the most unreal experience. It was an experience, right? It wasn't like, 
it it wasn't the rowdiest show. It wasn't like like just had a riot blast show. It was the, it was the most experienced. Not only did they be able to translate the sound from the record even better, uh, uh, Maynard James Keenan sounded phenomenal. And I don't care what anybody says, and I'll die on this hill that Danny Carey is the greatest drummer alive. The only person that and and he is in Neil Pert from Rush, his category. What I saw last night live from a drummer I have never seen in my life. Um, and I, anybody who was there that shared that experience, I know we're talking music, but I was so happy. You ever? And I guess the question is because is there something? That a game that you caught that you weren't going to catch, or maybe you showed up that you remember that you wanted to see and you did, and it and it sort of blew you away. Is there, you had anything like that lately? Lately, no. But Mac, honest to goodness, when we had a partial season ticket package back in two thousand seven, at about six fifteen at night on on a beautiful beautiful June night. My son and I decided we were sitting at home doing nothing. And we were going to head down to Comerica Park because love Verlander it. was on the mound, right? Love it, love it, love it, love it. That's he the... threw the no-hitter that night. No. Like we, we, we literally decided, oh, I'm not joking, 6.15, we were like, ah, let's go. We'll be a little bit late. We made great time getting down there. And um, if it wasn't for one, that, I, you know, I don't know if that applies to what you're looking for. Yeah, but, well, absolutely. Uh, my goodness, absolutely. it was like last minute we decided to go. We didn't have tickets. We picked up a couple tickets in the mezzanine. And, uh, you know, my kid still talks about it, you know, almost 15 years later. That's phenomenal. What about you, Dorchie? Uh, I mean, the big game I, I was at, and we've talked about in the past, was probably the Malice of the Palace. But uh, a couple of years ago, Aaron and I, like, same as Sean, just tickets to a Tigers game, decided to go. And I, I wish I could remember who they were playing. But, uh, you know, we had, we had you know, some nice seats, perfect, great, like, ability to see everything. And it was a great night because uh, Tigers got down early and then uh, – J.D. Martinez hit a single home run, and then later in that inning, uh, Victor Martinez hits a uh, grand slam to to win the game. So that was super cool to see. I mean, just because at that time we still, you know, we had some guys that were fun to watch, and you know, to see J.D. or to see uh, Victor Martinez come up to the plate, switch hitter, and uh, hit hit a, a grand slam to finish the game. I still have the video on my phone from it, and it was so cool to see. In the biz, we call that a solo shot, what J.D. did, the yeah. single home run. Solo yeah. Shot, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my bad, my bad. What about you, B? Are you old enough to have got into yeah, the show? Yeah, I, I have a good one. I just looked it up to like make sure I had the numbers right. But when the Wings had the home victory streak going on that got up to 23, I was at the game that they broke the record, I think, when they got to 21. I was at that game because I'd bought tickets. It was for Valentine's Day, and I'd bought them like months in advance, not knowing that the streak would be at that point. And I could have flipped them for like a lot of money, but I didn't. I went. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. All right, this is my favorite part of the program, and it looks like Dorothy's on the overnights. What you got in the health? I I said when you walked away. Slices of cucumbers and maybe some cheese and crackers, but what do you got, bud? I got crackers. Uh, I made some uh, some tuna today, so I got tunas and cra- tuna and crackers. Uh, I got uh, found this like I have to put something in the microwave, so I went to Costco with the wife the other day and found these uh, ramen bowls. So I got a 
couple Ooh, of I those. Like those. Big yeah. big fan of that. Yeah. Wow. You know what goes? You know where tuna's good on the grill, right, Sean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not bad at all. No, what's you know up? what? I what was talking doing? with the kids this afternoon. You know, it's supposed to be nice and everything, and what fifty eight tomorrow, fifty nine, and and so. We were talking about all these exotic things to do, and, and it was funny. We couldn't decide anything, and my, my daughter just goes, Dad, why don't you make a couple racks of ribs? Okay, I'm going to make a couple racks of ribs. So perfect day just to put a couple on, on the smoker and hang out in the backyard and you know just screw around. I don't have anything going on on Sunday. So just a couple racks of ribs, nothing special. I'm going to use uh, my my favorite Hungarian rub on it. I'll tell you, it is the best rub. and. Uh, We'll, we'll go from there. You know what? This is, a, I hope you, and this goes for everybody that can listen out there, but I'm going to direct this to Brandon and to Eric in case they do um, reproduce one day and have children <laughs> of their own. Um, can you hear the constant theme of the years and years of training that Sean has put in with his children to know that <laughs> when, when he can walk around and they, they're going to offer up, hey, whatever it is, it's a win-win. That's the price. So, so Meet when requests. you listen, oh, uh, no, he, he listen. He's not wrong. Uh, it, it's it's one of those things. A great position to be in, Mac. No doubt about. Am it. I back? You're, You're back. back. Am, I back. Am I back? You're yes. back. Am I back? <laughs> All right. Hey, tough times as parents, right? But just know if you do it right, like Sean Belegian, you can one day. Have them in the palm of your hands, Mac. I'll be happy so that, if my so kids don't call sort me Dorch. But you Let's see how well it's trained. <laughs> <laughs> if my kids don't call me Dorch, I'll be a happy, happy man. Let's just be honest about that. Oh, that's outstanding. No, you know what, Mac? You're absolutely right. It's uh, they've been on this hot dog kick lately. They like when I grill the dogs, and you know, I get the little uh, homemade, uh, you know, chili. And I'll make chili dogs at home. So that's what I thought that they were going to go with, to be honest with you. And they were like, let's go with ribs. It's been a few weeks. And so I said, yeah, let's go with ribs. And and that's uh, that's the fun thing to do, especially, you know, you, you know how it is. It, this, this is almost, I don't know about you guys, this is almost like a blessing in disguise the next couple of days. Because basically what happens is we're going to get teased with spring. We're going to oh, have, yeah. what, 58, 59. And then the next thing you know, it's going to be like 35 or whatever on, on Monday, and it's going to feel like 10. So, I mean, the good thing is, is enjoy it. The bad thing is, is look out. Absolutely. I, uh, real quick before we go, Sean, I do want to throw a quick shout out. Uh, today is my dad's birthday, so happy birthday to Jeff Dorsch. Going to take him out tomorrow to your neck of the woods uh, to Winter Garden at 7 in Farmington. That's his place. He likes to go there. So I uh, wanted to wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. Dorch, uh, for Darren McCarty, Brandon Blake, and, of course, Eric Dorch. I'm Sean Belegian. Until next week, thanks for joining us here. Darren McCarty Show on 760 WJR.